outside the box, having my own beliefs about others' beliefs. Today's topic is Supreme Prejudice. The Supreme Court has spoken, or at least six of them have. Abortion is no longer legal on a federal level. It's up to the states to decide. The court is handing down a lot of very conservative decisions these days. I'm sure you've noticed. In theory, judges make decisions based on legal doctrine, regardless of their personal beliefs. But in practice, I think it's the other way around. Whether liberal or conservative, most judges, including those on the Supreme Court, look first at what they believe personally and what they think the so-called right decision of the case should be, and then find legal arguments to support those beliefs. They are no different from the rest of us. If I were a judge, I would rule on at least some cases that way as well. For example, six justices, all of whom were raised Catholic, support freedom of religion, supported freedom of religion, rather than a separation of church and state in two recent Supreme Court decisions, a main school choice case and a case of prayer during football games. Those six may have simply been carrying out and using legal doctrines as a rationalization for their Catholic beliefs and teachings. Opposing religion would deny their own upbringing and the values associated with it. The public has serious concerns about the court right now, with only one quarter expressing confidence in the court, down from 36% just one year ago, according to a recent Gallup poll. This was before late-June decisions on issues like church and state, abortion, Native American rights, gun control, and environmental protection. Justices are seen as ideologues, acting on behalf of the political party that appoints them, not on the rights of humans, animals, the environment, etc. It's the law as if people didn't matter. One judicial philosophy used especially by conservative justices is called originalism. It's, quote, a type of judicial interpretation of the U.S. Constitution that aims to follow how it would have been understood or was intended to be understood at the time it was written, end quote. Of course, our lives in this country are so different now, over 200 years later, that guessing what wealthy white men, some of whom are slaveholders like Washington and Jefferson, would say today about racism, sexism, and sexual orientation, environmental collapse, computers and the right to privacy, and gun control seems absurd. What can be done? Adding more judges to the Supreme Court is one option. While nine has been the number almost since our country began, some U.S. courts of appeals have as many as 29 although they don't all hear every case. Term limits, 12, 15, or 18 years, have also been suggested. So a person who begins serving in their late 30s or 40s is not likely to be there for up to two generations. There's also impeachment, of course. Not an option now, 
but maybe in the future. And limiting the kinds of cases the Supreme Court could even hear or how broadly cases are interpreted is another possibility. Many states now use what's called the Missouri Plan, a nonpartisan commission that recommends relatively non-ideological judges to a governor or whoever nominates a judge for state appointment. This could be done on a federal level as well. And there's the Larry Danzinger system. Find judges that are relatively non-ideological and choose one by lot. Maybe there is only a crisis with the Supreme Court because so many members are on the conservative fringe. It wouldn't be a problem if most of the judges were middle-of-the-roaders or maybe even fairly progressive, but who looked relatively objectively at most cases. That's assuming, of course, those judges even exist these days. How would you make judgments if you were a judge? Would you make the decision first and then find legal rationales to support that conclusion? I'm Larry Danzinger, wishing we had more open-minded people interpreting our laws.